I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. All right, guys, welcome back. This is the Purple Patch Podcast, and as ever, your host, Matt Dixon, and this is Season 2. Season 2, we begin, yes, in 2018, we began the Purple Patch Podcast, and, well, to be frank, I'm a little shocked, I'm a little humbled, and I want to start this year by thanking you guys, the listeners, the ever-growing army of listeners for uh, for participating and we get so much great feedback to say that it's helpful and our quest as we go into 2019 is to improve evolve or die we have to grow we have to improve and hopefully we can bring you even better guests even more interesting stories and at the heart of this education around performance and particularly performance in a time-starved life well we're going to start this week diving into the art of coaching and the art of being coached. You see, it's the time that many are choosing to be coached for the first time or transitioning maybe from one coach to another or even simply refreshing their relationship with their current coach. No matter, I think that there's a real role to play for you coaches out there framing what is the art of coaching? How do you set up a culture for success? And on the flip side, what's the responsibility of the athlete? How can you be coached best? So we're going to break it down into three main elements as we go through today. But before we do that, I want to talk about Purple Patch. I'm going to be a little bit greedy to start today. I'm going to do a shameless promotion. So fasten your seatbelt or skip forward a minute if you really don't want to hear me talk about 2019 and Purple Patch. But as we are speaking of coaching today, it is the time. If you do want assistance, truly integrating endurance sport into your time-starved life, and you want education, feedback, and guidance across the pillars of performance, that that we talk about so much, that I believe are so critical to longevity and improvement, well, the honest truth is, we'd love to help you. As you likely know, I believe, and I believe this strongly, that everyone thrives if they have someone to lead a set of peers to be supported by, and guidance and education from a strong mentor. And so it will therefore come as no surprise at all that this is how we set up our individual coaching as a team. No Purple Patch coach lives on an island, and instead they're part of a supportive team where they are surrounded by their peers and myself guiding and leading. It enables me to open up any single training program of a purple patch athlete and know it's unmistakably purple patch. But at the same time, it's completely unique because every purple patch program is tailored to your life goals, your schedule, the events. Well, you basically. So if you want to hear more, let's have a chat. Reach out to info at purplepatchfitness.com and we'll set up a free consultation. Now, Enough of that shameless plug, my apologies. Let's get on with something fun. Let's dance. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wink. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, we're welcoming back Word of the Week. We stick with the same jingle, we carry on, annoying to some of you guys enjoyable for others, quirky for others still. But the word of the week this week, gang, progression. It is the time. 
And by the time you're listening to this, the majority of those who committed to New Year resolutions would have already stumbled in their quest. And so this week, I'm going to share perhaps a better idea that might help you with a little reflection and maybe just set up a little bit more purpose in your year ahead. Don't worry, it isn't too late to start this and it isn't some fantasy quackery. It's a simple exercise that helps you come out of the weeds and have a little reflection so that you can plan ahead with more effectiveness. Now, interestingly, we do this as a team at Purple Patch and, well, most of us find it very, very helpful. And so we've talked about before the Sunday special. You may remember from episodes prior where we talk about a short and simple habit that you can introduce before entering each week. And it tends to take about 15 to 30 minutes for most people and it will enable you to hit your Monday morning in what I call execution mode. So the Sunday special is you come up and you think about, in an athletic sense, what are your key training sessions? Of all the sessions, you want to identify the one, two or three that are really designed to move the performance needle. And now you can align those sessions with the rest of your life and you can identify roadblocks that might get in the way. You can also realize the remaining sessions are important, but you can execute those remaining sessions, what we call the supporting sessions, with the focus being on those big performance needling sessions. Now, in life and business, it's exactly the same thing. The Sunday special, what are the events, the goals and the objectives of the week ahead? A little prep time prior to actually getting cracking on Monday and looking at the major events of the week, what are you looking to accomplish? They set up your mini stepping stones towards your goals. So in sport, life and work, you're setting the lens and the mission and the chance for progression. Now, although I've said all this before, this isn't the word of the week, this isn't progression, but it is performance habit of the most successful. But it's also I believe, important to come up a level and assess your success. And this cannot be, I tell you this, guys, this cannot be the same session or the same block of time as the Sunday special. And so what we call is the Friday sweep. And this is how I think you can get the sense of the word of the week, progression. And so what I tend to do on Friday is I just firstly Close out loose ends. You're coming to the end of the week. What are the things that you need to knock off and finish up that were on your checklist or on your key objectives on that Sunday special that you did earlier in the week? Now you come up and you look back, a little sense of reflection. How did I actually do? Was it good? What were the struggles and opportunities to grow or improve? And what were the lessons to apply? 15 minutes. No more. 15 minutes. Simple perspective. Sport, life, work. I think it will help you start to join the dots and see the interaction of the three things, sport, life and work. And it's also going to help you realize progression in each of those areas. So instead of you falling into the trap of feeling like you're on a treadmill of life where it's just a grind and nothing seems to happen, instead you can enjoy a little victory. You can also gain a little perspective. And so if you already plan effectively, give some space for reflection and celebration. It ain't cheesy, it's perspective. And that is why the word of the week this week is progression. Now, and it's the first time I get to say this this year, let's get on with the meat and potatoes.
And this week, the meat and potatoes, it's anchored around that word coaching. Now, it could be argued that this week's show is for the coaches listening. But in truth, I've really tried to design this for the athletes and fitness enthusiasts who are coached or even those who guide their own performance journey. You see, today, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss both sides of coaching and even peel back the lens a little bit around the mindset and the framework of how we set up training at Purple Patch. And the hope, the quest, is that it enables you to see the performance journey as a whole. And so we're going to cover off on three main topics. The first is the role of a coach. Is it just a tracksuit, moustache, whistles, shouting? I hope not. But what's the role of a coach? The second is how does a coach set up a culture of success? Now, we're going to do this by exploring the coaching journey from what we call above the line, the athlete's world, and below the line, the coach's approach to setting up for that success. And then finally, we're just going to get into some tips and tricks. How should you be coached and how should you coach if you are a coach? So why do we start with this as the first episode? We launch into 2019 and we start talking about coaching. Well, I think that it really helps set the lens for the path ahead. Every discussion falls under this journey. So I feel like it's so blindingly obvious of a subject, and yet it's one that's really seldom discussed. And I think that leads to confusion or at least preconceived notions of what it means to coach or what it means to be coached. And so I hope this is going to be helpful. And without further ado, let's get cracking. Let's first talk about the coach's role. What does it mean to be a coach? What does it mean to have a coach? Well, I think it's important as we launch into this to realize for yourself as a fitness enthusiast or a driven athlete, that motivation ultimately has to be almost entirely intrinsic. So you've got to have the burning desire from within. And so what that enables me to do is encourage you to dispel the vision of the big halftime speech and the shouting, the coaching that roars you onto success. For me, really in coaching, that is the minimal part of a role of a coach. So for an athlete lens, as we go above the line for the first time today, I don't want you to fall into believing that a coach is going to make your goals mean something to you. The coach won't drive your motivation. They won't provide every answer. They simply won't. It comes from you. And therefore, you should realize that this performance journey is your journey. You own it. And I would advise that you never relinquish ultimate ownership, both in terms of success and failure. Now, I hear it now. But wait, if it's all on me, why be coached anyway? Well, it's tough on your own. Leaders need leaders, and the very best performers in sport and the business world all require and embrace support, enhanced perspective, and wisdom. And that's really one of some of the central pieces of coaching. You see, your best coach should be your expert to help you on your journey, setting the path to success, keeping you to account and on course allowing and facilitating awareness and perspective along the journey while you're doing the really tough thing, the doing, in the weeds, day to day. And so a coach should help you with external perspective and hopefully have the wisdom 
that actually becoming the lighthouse in your journey. A nice way to think of it is, look, you're the pilot, but your coach is the instructor, the air traffic controller, and of course, at some stages, the emergency responders. So from your side of things, as an athlete, that's the value of a coach. But what about from a coach's lens? What's the responsibility? What's the role if you are listening as a coach? Well, guess what? All you keyboard assassins out there who believe that your coaching job is done once you hit send on a freshly mapped training program, that ain't coaching. That is simply training planning. At its core, I think that coaching has two main critical components. And the first is, yes, prescription. Mapping a roadmap all the way down from a big seasonal lens down to the daily and session level of the program that is suitable for your athlete and their goals and their level. And perhaps most importantly, especially for the time staffed, a program that integrates into their life. But that is not job done. The second part of it is education. This should be the backbone of your role to educate and in turn empower. And the goal of the education should be to empower the athlete to self-manage. You see, with athletic ownership mindset, the athlete's journey is always going to be more meaningful and sustainable because if they actually understand the program and they feel like they have ownership of it, it becomes a very different beast than simply checking the boxes of what daddy prescribed. The second part of education, it should be absolutely central to the athlete executing your wonderful training program as intended, not as interpreted. And there's a big disconnect that happens there. You can write a program, but unless the athlete is empowered to understand the meaning of the why behind the program, it's never going to yield and it's never going to be executed as intended. And so if you're a coach, this is a great time to take a step back, maybe pause the podcast and have a reflection. Do your training programs look like some stodgy casserole? Great ingredients, but all mixed up into an indiscernible mess. The only way to drive someone forward is to educate, to show them the key pieces, the mission, and how to manage the plan when they're actually in what we would call application mode. What happens when life gets in the way and brings rest days? What happens when they have terrible sleep because they've got a load of stress at work or their three-year-old is sick for the night? How do they manage? They can't be just a response of listening to what daddy says. It has to be empowered as an athlete. And guess what? The education part, it is ongoing and never ending. But trust me, at the same time, it is rewarding and fun. And so with these two backbones of coaching, so sets the coaching routine. So what do we mean by that? Let's dive into that. We know that coaching is great prescription and great education. Of course, then there's the other stuff, holding to account, providing feedback, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the way with these two backbones that I think about the coaching routine. So the first is you're setting the path and the vision relative to the goals. So that's really a roadmap. 
And yes, a roadmap means that you have to refer to it. Because if you're going to stay on track, you have to realize that ultimately we have the destination, what we often call the North Star. You create the roadmap to get there. But there's also a realization when you are in application mode as a coach and athlete partnership that sometimes you need to change the route to get there. But that's part one, the roadmap. The second then is getting the athlete executing that program as you intend. Of course, we just talked about that. That's all of the education. And then the third component is helping the athlete come out of the weeds. As I mentioned earlier before, the athlete is doing the hard part. The athlete is doing the doing. So they're on a day-to-day basis having to navigate this program, having to work very hard and having to manage it within the confines of their life. And so a part of your role then is to track progress, adjust if necessary, and allow the athlete to gain perspective. And that takes feedback and great communication. So this is your role. And it might sound overwhelming, but I promise you it is rewarding. So ultimately, it's pretty basic stuff. You've got the backbone of prescription and education And then, of course, helping the athlete come out of the weeds. As an athlete, you've got ownership and you've got this partner in your journey to enable you to actually set the path, retain perspective and help you manage when it comes to integrating this program into life. But let's get a little bit more granular. Let's move to part two of the discussion. And this is all around the culture of success. So how can we set up a structure that enables athletes to flourish in your system as a coach? Or as an athlete, how can you hold yourself to account to avoid getting distractive and stay on point with your own performance journey? Well, there's a few Matt Dixon rules here. And I think this is important, particularly for the coaches listening. The first is that the culture that you create or the system that you create around success, it has to be you. It's got to be authentic. So you can't pretend to be someone that you're not. I would also urge you to make it as much as possible simple. You see, performance is complex and therefore there's confusion. And therefore your mission as a coach is to avoid blinding by science, as I like to say, and really try and take complex subjects and boil them down to as simple and actionable as possible. And underneath this, you must be consistent. Now, a note here, evolve, yes, that's important. But if you are going to change things as a growth opportunity in the way that you do things, you better darn well be ready to explain why and how you're going to actually change them. And finally, it must be universal. In other words, your culture must spread across all of your athletes. At Purple Patch at one end, We have our professional and elite athletes. At the other side, we have people that would never dream of doing a triathlon, that are looking to move from struggling to walk up a flight of stairs to actually integrating exercise consistently into life. And yet your culture, our culture, must fit over all of them. And so it has to be authentic, it has to be simple, it must be consistent, and it must be universal. Although, of course, in that universal piece, it must be applied in a customized manner. And so let's go on a little tangent to try and make this case. Let's talk about a case study. And in thinking of a case study, I couldn't think of a better case study than Purple Patch itself. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lift the lid a little bit 
on Purple Patch and try and highlight what I mean when we talk about the culture of success. Now, the first, a word here. What I'm going to go through in section two here when we talk about culture of success is not gospel. It's not the only way. It's simply a case study of how I set it up. It's a case study of how Purple Patch is set up. And that means that it doesn't need to be your way. You don't need to mimic it. But I hope that as by leading by this example, it's a catalyst for your thought. And so with that, what is it, for lack of a better phrase? What is it, the purple patch way? Well, let's go above the line and below the line. So an athlete and a coach perspective on each one of these. So the first, when we think about the purple patch way, is absolutely anchored in something that you've heard many times before, the pillars of performance. And so the pillars of performance is something that we believe in, that we as an organization coach through, and ultimately we live by. It is the backbone of everything that we do. And the four pillars, endurance training, strength and conditioning, the big bucket of nutrition, including fueling and hydration, and of course recovery, including sleep. And so what that means when we put that into practice, setting up the culture, is that a Purple Patch program must always, must always encompass all. It is a rule. And then adding to it, our coaching conversations should be anchored across these. So when you're having a coaching conversation, it shouldn't be, how's your swim, bike and run training going? It has to actually address all four of those pillars on an ongoing standpoint. Now, originally, those pillars of performance, they were simply designed as a simple framework and educational tool. And the reason for that is to try and help athletes look at performance more than just the accumulation of endurance training. So not just look at things as how many miles did you do? How many hours did you hit this week? And instead say, we believe that performance is anchored across these elements. And that means that recovery is as much a part of your program as the endurance hard training that you're doing with those intervals at the track or the big hill repeats on the bike, whatever it might be. But it's evolved to a way of being. For every purple patch coach and athlete, it becomes the common language, the flagpole that we circle around. So below the line, and we think about from the coach's perspective, the pillars of performance become the framework to plan, educate and review from. And as a purple patch coaching team, we discuss the pillars of performance. And so as a mentor to my coaching team, I aim to explore all of these elements in continuing education. And what we don't know, we go seek with the pursuit of becoming the athlete's filter in the blizzard of bullshit that's out there. So from an athlete's standpoint, it really helps set their lens around their journey to success so that you know that success is not just anchored in power or the number of training hours or simply checking the box of a prescribed training program. Instead, it drives a mindset that is more holistic and more anchored around global success. And so it becomes the framework in which you can play a wonderful game of performance join the dots. Now, when it comes to performance, there is the second component of the purple patch way, and that's 
nail the basics. You might have heard that in other shows prior to this, but as mentioned earlier in this show, each piece of the performance journey can be incredibly complex, whether we're talking about equipment, hydration strategies, sleep, nutrition, strength and conditioning, training methodology, it becomes a blizzard of information out there. It becomes incredibly complex and it is full of distraction and confusion. And so as a coach, the way that we think about it at Purple Patch is to set, and here's the magic phrase, intentional focus. How do we get our athletes to be focused on the things that we think are going to be deliberate and ultimately move the performance style for them? And this becomes really important. And actually, we talked about universal before, all encompassing from our professionals to our pure fitness enthusiasts. Now, the example of the basics, as we call them, and again, it's a rallying call, nail the basics, nail the basics, nail the basics. Well, as examples in the purple patch, that might be, just to give you three of them, fueling following every single workout, really embracing going easy, easy enough on the easier days of training and encompassing a focus on both quality and quantity of sleep. Now, there are seven. I gave you three as an example. There are seven. Every purple patch coach, every purple patch athlete knows them. And they make up the central routines and habits, and I think that's a really important phrase, routines and habits that I believe allow athletes to get 90 to 95% of the way there towards their performance journey. Now, the lesson for the coaches, yep, below the line again, is that in a blizzard of information and things to focus on, how do you as a coach get intentional focus from the most critical pieces that you believe to be important. Because otherwise you're just bouncing like a pinball from one thing to another, trying different things. And instead, having a nail the basics attitude enables you to anchor focus and actually drives your methodology. So the nailing of the basics is the thing that sets up the key habits underneath for us, the pillars of performance. For an athlete standpoint, my hope is that nailing the basics enables focus and actually creates a little bit of freedom and a touch of de-stress. Because I hope, and I say hope as I know this is an ongoing battle and someone is never-ending on needing to be worked on, but I hope that it creates a framework for less confusion, less stress, and a punch list of things to really focus on, of what we as coaches want you to actually really put your attention to. And so that means that your job as an athlete is to commit to these areas, to listen and say, okay, these are the things, if you're a purple patch athlete, that you're focused on. This is what I've got to dial down and execute and become a master of. And guess what? I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to look for the next best thing. I'm not going to add all of these crazy supplements that are there and full of quackery. I'm going to get the basics right. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to sleep well. I'm going to train as prescribed. And once I have become a master, and then I can start to complicate with all those sexy sounding additions. To give you a little case study, here it is. Here's a great example. Don't go buying expensive compression boots if you consistently ignore sleep. 
And that really anchors the point. And that, from a coaching standpoint, gets athlete in action mode of what you want to do. From an athlete standpoint, you can actually simplify life. The actual sport doesn't need to become a second job for you. And instead, you can get on actually enjoying it and actually keeping it really pretty simple because ultimately simplicity and consistency are the things that are going to create success for you. And the final component in the Purple Patch way, as we're calling it right now in our little case study, communication. See, we believe that communication both ways, from coach to athlete and from athlete to coach, which we talk about, is everything. It is how education occurs. It is the route to which athlete empowerment happens. And now, it doesn't matter how communication happens. It just has to happen. So how do we set it up? How do we think of communication? Well, under the line, from the coach's standpoint, I think it's highly valuable to first be flexible. You cannot create a tough border of communication because people thrive in different ways. People communicate and people learn through different channels. And so part of the job of the coach is to actually have enough plasticity to work out what works for each athlete and each person. A second component of communication is, I believe, embracing participation. What you want to avoid from your athlete is simple adherence. I'm following the program. It's great. It's gospel. And I'm doing a great job. That isn't something that's worthy of a pat on the head. Instead, bring me more. Your aim is to carve out a climate of contribution from your athletes. Listen to them. Don't just tell them. Communication goes two ways. It isn't a broadcast channel. And underneath that banner, encourage their ideas. A third component for the coaches is, of course, make it about more than endurance training. For us, it's anchored around the pillars of performance, each of those buckets. But also, on a broader sense, particularly if you're working with very busy people, in order for you to integrate and manage the training program within life, you must at least appreciate what their life is. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to become their natural therapist or their agony aunt, but you must understand the fabric of their life and the way that their life moves and what the other components of their life that are non-negotiable as a part of the performance puzzle are working or improving or not improving and they're struggling with because that's what you're integrating the program into. A fourth component, reward, thought and empowerment because this is a guide to effectiveness. Don't reward checking the boxes. So what do I mean by this? Well, if you've prescribed your training program, success is not just the athlete hitting every workout. And success is not just blindly having the athlete follow it exactly as prescribed. So I would encourage you as a coach not to punish the athlete if a workout is evolved based on instinct, but of course always draw it back and make sure that the athlete learns the context and the cause and effect. So if they are prescribed a specific workout on a weekend and they end up feeling fatigued and they pull themselves out of the hard intervals, is that a reason for punishment or is that a, an opportunity for growth and learning? Of course, it's the latter. Now let's come above the line. What does communication mean for the athlete? And I think this is central for being coached really well. From an athlete's perspective, I believe for the coaching relationship to be effective, 
you must bring as much or more than you get. And so it's your responsibility, a part of real ownership, is that you must know yourself and your needs, and you must bring a plan to your communication opportunities. Now, that might mean actually setting an agenda in advance, outlining the points of discussion or the questions that you might have. Also, before you have a conversation with your coach, it's a really good time to reflect and also plan ahead. How have things really gone? Where have I been confused? Where did I struggle? How did I feel in the workouts? And then what are some of the roadblocks or the opportunities ahead in my schedule? When you come here, ask questions, talk. And you should ask those questions, if you're a purple patch athlete, around the pillars, not just around your training, around the basics. How can you learn? How can you improve? How can you become a better athlete? And a nice way to think about it is, hey, coach, I want to talk to you. And my quest is to make you irrelevant, because if I become irrelevant, I've really done a great job. And so underneath all of this, I think as a coached athlete, when we talk about communication, is a quest to understand the why. You should really seek to understand the path, because not only will you then be empowered to self-manage and to follow the rhythm and the intent of training, but you're also going to enjoy the journey more. You're going to make smarter decisions, and you're actually going to grow in confidence because you are less reliant on a daddy-like coach and instead empowered to own your journey with a wonderful communicative support crew. And so with this, you become, and here's the magic phrase, an active participant in your journey instead of just being a loyal soldier. And if you're an active participant, you're empowered. You have ownership and ultimately, long-term, you're gonna have more success. So as I reflect on this case study that we talk about in part two of this show, it really highlights that one of the keys to coaching and being coached is finding the right fit. Trust, that word trust, authenticity in your journey. So from my standpoint as a coach, am I, or Purple Patch, the right coaching team for the athlete? And from the athlete standpoint, is Purple Patch, or whatever coach you're talking to, the right fit for you? And I think this is a critical awareness and it takes from the athlete standpoint some real homework and investigation. To give you an example, if an athlete thinks that they thrive in an environment of a more dictatorial type guidance with big miles and a culture of great toughness and do as I say, you don't need to think at all, that's okay, that's great. But I would probably recommend don't come to Purple Patch. That's not the way we do it. That's not our fabric, our DNA. And it's not to say or suggest one way is better than the other, although I know which one I think is better, but it's not to say one way is better than the other. It's key for you to understand. And conversely, if you're an athlete that likes to understand the why, that enjoys some ownership and thrives in a more collaborative environment, why would you ever choose a dictator of a coach who has no interest in such active participation of the athlete? Okay. So, anyway, still with me. Let's take a breath. Two parts done. We've navigated the role of a coach, 
and we've outlined the baseline culture of success. And in that culture of success, we used a case study where we talked about Purple Patch and we anchored the pillars of performance, nailing the basics to get that intentional focus. And then finally, some of the fabrics of both sides of the coin above and under the line around communication. Now, you can take that and apply that to your own program or, of course, your own coaching progression. But now let's finish up. Why don't we do something fun to finish? We'll do a quick hit list. And this is for both athletes and coaches. So some additional thoughts on coaching and being coach. And we could call this the extra, the bonus, or maybe the pieces that I just couldn't squeeze into the above. So here are some thoughts that I think around coaching that are in no particular order, but maybe give you a bit more color. The first, positive reinforcement trumps negative 99 times out of 100. So look, after you shout at someone, pretty much the only next step that you have is hitting. And well, that doesn't get you very far, does it? 99% of the time, positive reinforcement, constructive criticism, a quest for positivity is always going to trump negativity and confidence erosion. And so that big image that you have of a coach shouting and telling the athlete that they're worthless, it doesn't fly. That's not how the human being grows typically. The second element, failing is learning. If you set up a culture or a mindset of a fear of failure, you will fail. Realize that failure is a part of growth and learning. And so from a coach, I think it's always critical to address failure as a stepping stone of growth and improvement opportunity. As an athlete, never fall into the trap of seeing the struggles as a knock on your worth as a person or athlete. It becomes central to ultimately your mental and physical health and performance. Number three, consistency. Consistency, what I mean by that? Well, we know that consistency is a magic word in the performance journey. But what we're talking about here is as a coach, we need to be consistent. No favors, no special treatment. Stick to your standards, stick to your methods, stick to your beliefs and apply them. What does it look like in Purple Patch? Well, if we think about our swimming pool, our training squad that we have, at one in the pool, we have the very elite swimmers, the pros. And then mixed in through all the way in to the other end of the pool, which is a lane that is so poor physically at swimming, we won't even designate them as a lane number. We call it World War II. But mixed in there are industry leaders, some of the very elite in business. So in a training squad, we have elite of sport and elite of business. But guess what? Strip them all down to their speedos, they're all the same. And embrace that. Lean into that. It works better for everyone. It works better for the elite and it works better for the intimidated. Zuckerberg should get no more love than Xander's in the pool environment because everyone, here's the common thread, everyone is just looking to improve. The fourth element in our third category of performance and coaching art, build confidence. Always looking for the small wins. As an athlete, you always look into what was the success? Where did I actually do well? Even in the workouts that you struggle. And as a coach, what are the growth opportunities? What were the small wins? And tie those to the bigger victories. 
Don't seek perfection because a perfectionist mindset is going to set you up to struggle. So instead, just ask for the best that you can do on any given day. The great Ironman triathlete and a good mate of mine, Mark Allen, once said about any race, you might not be able to bring 100% of your capacity or potential. You might just have to race one day at 60%. But what you can do is aim to get 100% out of that 60%. And I think that's a nice way to approach racing. It's also a great way to approach training and even life. For the coaches listening, number five, avoid hero status. If the athlete wins, it's their victory. You get to share a little bit of it, but it's their victory. If they struggle, you both collectively own it. Always, always. It's never just their fault. Number six, both athletes and coaches, never lie. The truth is tough, but don't bullshit. Tell the truth, even if it's a tough conversation. And this goes both ways. It goes from the coach and also to your coach. Hiding workouts, changing the program, adding and not telling them, it doesn't cut the mustard and ultimately everyone loses. If you commit to truth-telling and then trust builds. Number seven, we've got two more to go, guys. Number seven, I think this is important. And in fact, I think it's important in life. Believe in best intentions. This is a critical one. Believe in best intentions. Sometimes, particularly in the modern fabric of communication and around something that is a terrible communicative tool, email, it's very easy to become reactive and build a case against the person, whether it's your coach or whether it's the athlete. So instead, avoid being reactive. The first, if you get an email that bristles the hairs on the back of your neck, wait at least 24 hours before you respond. In that 24 hours, take a step back, let the emotions die down, consider the other person's side. And also look for your part of the ownership. By the way, as email is a terrible communicative tool, if you do get pissed off between coach or athlete with an email, don't email back. Call. Because nine times out of ten, the tone of the email is very different than intended. And it's the way you read it is the way that builds the case. And finally, number eight, build your filter. Build your filter as an athlete and as a coach. Commit to what is important and be flexible in what isn't. Sweat the small stuff if and only if it's important to you. But really focus on the basics of what you believe are going to be the things that are going to progress you. And really, what I'm saying there is the wonderful antidote of that lovely marketing gimmick, incremental gains. Don't you think? So here we are, the end. We finish. And an epiphany. We started talking about coaching, how to coach, how to be coached. But if you reflect on today's conversation in many ways... There's quite a few lessons for life, wouldn't you agree? Well, that's episode one, guys. Episode one of season two. The first push of the boulder of our 2019 performance journey. So let's look forward. Well, 
We're going to share an agenda in the coming weeks of the planned sessions and conversations that we have upcoming. So I'd look for that in the next couple of weeks. As ever, questions. We're going to get back to questions next week, but we want to hear from you. If you have any questions around today's show or anything in performance in general, questions at purplepatchfitness.com. We should answer one or two at the end of each show. And then, of course, incrementally, we're going to build in little bonus shows this season where we just answer a host of questions. Those have proved very popular in the past, so we'll get to those as we go through. Next week, a cracker. You won't want to miss it. Andy Blow. We tackle hydration in performance, life and health. Andy, great guy. Another Brit like me is one of the preeminent experts in the world of hydration and the founder of Precision Hydration. He's a wonderful resource and we had, well, a highly interesting and thought-stimulating conversation. So don't miss that next week. But until next time, get cracking. You don't have a moment to lose. Let's get on this performance journey. Onward and upward. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers! Cheers!